Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, your host for Navwick Talks, along with my co-host, Jada Williams. And as your host this morning, we have an exciting show that um, can't wait to, to begin. But before I do, I also am the CEO of Sula2, and we make old, new, and everything that we do in that we capture, preserve, and present legacy information in any form possible, and we turn your hard work and your life lessons into books, videos, legacy walls, and live performances. That's what I do, and that's why I love Saturday mornings. I'm sorry, (laughs) Wednesday morning, Um, because we get to bring to you, from your mutual benefit, the stories of the people that we interview on behalf of the organization. And the organization also presents this as a benefit to the members. You can tell your story, too. It's an exciting morning, a two-way benefit. So let's get started. Jada, introduce yourself. And also our guest. Good morning, Jada. Good morning, and yes, it is an exciting show today. Welcome again to NABWIC um, Blog Talk Radio, NABWIC Talks Wednesday. I am Jada Williams, your National Blog Blog Talk Chair and co-host, bringing a little feistiness this morning. But before we Um, get started. And before I introduce our amazing guests, we need you to follow, like, and share on your social media platforms, IG pages, Facebook pages, or simply visit our website at www.nabwick.org, for we are the voice of black women in construction. And again, thank you for joining us this morning. So let's Get to it this NAPWIC Talks Wednesday. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Katrina Alexandre of Beyond the Loop LLC brings clearer vision to companies globally. She provides project management services to businesses so they can optimize their time and efforts to attain beautiful resorts. Partnering with CEOs and entrepreneurs to grow their personal and professional brands. 
Before starting her business, Katrina worked many years as a construction project manager, quality control manager, and public relations consultant for multi-million dollar projects in the public and private sector, including Toyota, Acura, Alcatraz Prison, and more, all while attending school. Devoted to bringing more diversity and inclusion into construction, she created at Black Women in Construction, a digital platform uniting many. So a business owner, project manager, a blogger, public relations coordinator, good morning and welcome to the show, beautiful. How are you this morning, Katrina? Good morning, Jada and Elsa. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Good morning. And thank you for joining us this morning. So let's get started. I know that when you're talking about women in construction, that is that alone is a story. So why don't you go back and tell us how you got started um, in the industry and and how long has it been since you've been working in this industry? Um, well, I was working logistics before when I was in my first and second year of school, and then I went to I was working construction, I got into concrete industry management. Like, my background technically is, like, concrete design. But then working in that field brought me into construction. And, like, my first big project was working at Alcatraz Prison. So I was one of eight people selected to work at Alcatraz Prison. They flew me from New Jersey to Cali, and I lived out there for a couple months. And I would say that was, like, my first immersion into it, like, outside of school. So from there, I felt I think I really fell in love with like the hands-on experience of construction. So you was, we did everything from pouring the concrete, creating the formwork, to walking buckets of concrete up and down, to doing the PR, to doing like the project management, and it just shows you all levels of construction. And from there, really, that started for me. I think school really was like the opener for construction for me because I go to NJIC, which is a tech school. And thankfully for that school, when you're a woman trying to, like, get into different fields, they push it a lot. So I was thankfully I was able to go to that. And that was really my start of my um, construction experience working at Alcatraz. Well, actually, when you mentioned um, concrete, it reminded me of traveling with um, some friends of mine. And there used to be a time when we would look at the various things that are built along the way, and I was made aware of the designs that are in the um, retainer walls, I guess you would call it, or or sound barrier walls, and um, the creativity that goes into it, because normally, you know, you think of sidewalks and you think of buildings with, you know, very little um, creativity except for the paint and what have you. Um, Concrete it takes on a lot of different forms. And how did you become interested in concrete? Well, um, that's because I was talking to my advisor, and I really wanted to get into construction management. And I really just wanted to be in a field where I could see my work. You know what I mean? That's the one good thing about construction that I really like, – I think I favor it because, you know, you could be driving down the street and be like, oh, there goes the project I worked on. You know what I mean? There's a different level mm-hmm. of pride with it. So with working with construction, I was telling my teacher about it, how I really wanted to try engineering and do something different because I know what my skills are. She was like, concrete is good for you. And then I took a few programs with the mixed design and everything. I was like, okay, this is what I like. What 
sometimes with construction, I think we're just so close-minded to just think it's just construction. But there's so many ways you can get into construction, like logistics, accounting, um, concrete design, you know. And we just, and I feel like concrete was just there for me. People just have to find their niche. Sometimes with construction, I think we're we're so closed off, but there's the details of the plan that make us, you know, better. So what are some of the most exciting things that you've discovered recently, uh, especially recently in, in recent times with all the things that are happening? That's a good question. Uh, I feel like, especially with BLM movement, I know for you, I feel like now it's on the forefront. People actually are listening to what we were saying for so long. You know what I mean? For so long, I think we were saying the same thing, that construction and many other fields need diversity, how there's so many intelligent people in the background, but they're never the C-level CEOs or the C-level, you know, C-level management. And I think with everything going on, it's just showing like a clear – like a clear window to things. Like people, you know, before people probably thought we were crazy, like doing black women in construction or NW. People probably think like, oh, there's no, there's no division in construction, but there is. Like when you go to conventions, there's literally ten black people, five black people. But when you go to the office or on site, it's eighty percent black and Spanish. You know, so I feel like with currency, what's going on is just showing that the need for organizations like mine and yours just to sense to feel like a unity because. Because sometimes people think we're crazy, but we're telling the truth and we're really speaking our truth. And I feel like right now is the best time for anybody in construction to just own their truth and to speak it, especially. Now, you mentioned um, something having to do with vision, and so it brings us back to your the title of your company, Beyond the Looking Glass. Now, how, in fact, did you come up with that, and what does that mean? Um. Beyond a looking glass was just in the sense of, well, with everything going on in the world, sometimes we're just so superficial, and I feel like sometimes we need to look beyond that because Instagram, social media, Facebook, or even LinkedIn will have you confused thinking that you're not on your right purpose or you're not on your right journey or course of time. But reality is we all have our individual reflection in sense. We all have our individual purpose. So, like, even with the black women construction thing, I may not be able to change a million people, but I know I could change a few. You know, I just could enlighten a few. And I feel like sometimes we just need to look beyond and look the glass of ourselves and not just see ourselves in a reflection, but see other people. So we're not as selfish with our time, you know? Because even with the construction mm-hmm. thing, if I'm on construction site, but I see that there's one black girl who's struggling getting work or one Spanish girl, or one, you know what I mean? I should take that into consideration and try to help them. Like, especially with everything going on with the BLM movement, I support it. No, you know, I'm not knocking it or nothing. But I feel sometimes we need to take an introspective look of how do we run our, and operate ourselves on our day-to-day, you know? I can't say Black Lives Matter and then at work I'm mean to the black girl at work, you know? Or I'm mm. not talking to this. Oh, it's the truth or you don't go talk to HR when you feel some type of way about something. Because sometimes we're putting this mindset like, oh, I can't say something, or I can't be too friendly. Like, no, you should be super friendly to the other girl at work who understands your plight, you know? Or you should go to HR and tell them when you're not liking something. And we're afraid of just speaking up. But I feel like we're right now going on. We really should just take accountability for everything. I had a manager the other day hit me up from an old job. because You know, we're project management. I help companies. I had a supervisor manager hit me up from an old job to apologize by the way things were happening before because it was very racist wow. at that job. 
and I said something, and when I said something, it was like I felt like I was standing by myself in the spotlight. You know, you know how you say something and nobody sides mm-hmm. with you. You're like, what? We were just talking about this. Like, mm-hmm. And he hit me up the other day talking about, well, I'm sorry. I knew things weren't right then. I apologize for not saying something. I'm like, now you're saying it because <laughs> you got guilt from watching TV. Like, I think we should take accountability in our everyday life. Like, donating and doing that just cause is great things, but you can't say, oh, I donate, but I'm going to be nasty to everybody, you know? So I feel like beyond the looking glass is taking a look at yourself, too, because this movement and what's going on with quarantine, I think it was really a self-reflective time for people to really see, like, what's their purpose and what have they really been doing, you know? Totally agree. Now, bringing up conflict resolution, um, you remind me of another situation where two black female managers were beginning to uh, collaborate, I should say. And management actually did something that would drive a wedge between the two, um, where it it put both of them in a self-preservation mode. It's either you or me. And have you seen something like that, and how do you handle it? I mean, when you you talk about going to management, but how do you handle working with the person first? I know that's slightly um, two different scenarios, but still. How do you handle you know, I, I get what, conflict management? I get what you mean, though, because that mean girl syndrome is real. <laughs> and they do sometimes try to pitch you against each other. I completely agree with that. Or even, like, when you're at a job, say, for instance, I've had a job, I might be like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm brown skin complexion, but I'll be the darkest person there. You know what I mean? And I'll try to invite my friend to give a, a resume thing, and I notice that some HR people won't even, you know, pay them the same attention. But you're right with that, though. And sometimes I feel like they pit us together against each other. Excuse me, they pit us against each other. And I, I don't know why, though, but I think with the resolving it within each other, we just got to, like, not say fake it, but you got to be best friends with, the other minority I work. I know that sounds messed up to say that like that, but they will understand your plight more. They'll talk to you more. And sometimes it's hard right. to deal with people who don't even want to try, you know, because yeah. everybody's going to be in that scenario where there's going to be somebody who's mm-hmm. not going to try. And I think you really just even have to fake it or be cordial. I know it sounds messed up, but be cordial in front of other people, but keep it private. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, keep your yeah. problems private because sometimes they'll look at that like, hmm, look at this. You know, if you're black, already you're labeled, a black woman, you're labeled angry. You're like, no, I'm just speaking up. So you got to learn how to, like, talk the talk, I guess, you know, code switch <laughs> when appropriate. Yeah, yeah, code, yeah. Code, 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 code. We all did it. We, we've all done it. Like, we code switch uh-huh. appropriately when just talk to the person, have a heart to heart. And just even <laughs> put it out there sometimes. It's hard, though, to yeah. tell because I just definitely dealt with some mean girls. So. <laughs> but you got it, though. Yeah. So HR... how did you... Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. What's... Okay. No, I was going to ask, um, how did you become familiar with NABWIC? And, and then I noticed that your name is somewhat similar. So how how do you set yourself apart from the this organization, or how do you complement this organization? Um, I feel like I think we complement each other, because with you guys, I've seen you at different conventions, because I've seen the right shirt. That's how I've, 
I think he probably even come to my school at NJIT before. But I've always seen the red shirts. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. They're all together, you know, hanging out. And that right there was just a, a good image to see, like the unified image. Because sometimes they try to portray mm-hmm. an image of us destroying each other or hurting each other. But reality, we really are here to support each other. And I think we complement mm-hmm. each other in the sense that I know my page is very vocal. Like someone messaged me said, your page is very social and you'd be saying things we were thinking, but we're not going to say. And I like that aspect because sometimes with construction or even like the science field, we're very straight and narrow. So I feel like we you know, handle bylaws and everything. I feel like your group is the very, the very structured way, the way that people really need to like look at their work, you know, and I'm more like mm-hmm. the, the license, you know, on my page we'll talk about <laughs> Black women deal with, you know, microaggressions, you know, because it's like, oh, how do you deal with that without cursing her out? So it's like we're, we're like the yin and yang in construction kind of because sometimes mm-hmm. we're just so, we have the, you know, we have to code switch, but that's not really who we are. So I feel like sometimes we have to learn how to handle ourselves. We have to have different faces in work and in construction, and I think we guys, we complement each other in a sense, if you get what I mean. You know what you just reminded me of, and then what I'm going to do is um, go to a commercial because we could talk all day, but what you reminded me of is when you have um, the, um, oh, I don't want to use this term. I start to say good cop, bad cop. <laughs> Not a good time to say that. But, um, you know, when you, <laughs> but when you have two people in sales, <laughs> but when you have um, two people in sales, say, for instance, you have the person that that and some person does the clothes, but you each have your role, and you know what those mm-hmm. roles are. And but you know it's united, but it looks different. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. That's like the, the great part about construction. Like even when you go to office, you'll see me with a dress, and you'll see somebody probably who looks like a bookworm who's very quiet. You know. Sometimes I think they put us in a, blo- a box as black women that we only can be one way. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. one structured way in construction. On construction, we have to be like mean, aggressive. Like, no, <laughs> I like wearing dresses outside of work. Don't get things confused with my nine to five, you know? So it's like, uh-huh. I just think it's like, like you said, it's like a synergy. It just shows that there's many facets of us as women in general and black women in construction. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to go to a commercial and. Then come back and Jada's going to join the conversation as well. I have been monopolizing it because I've been interested in your story. Anyway, um, <laughs> off to a commercial. <laughs> okay. Today's show is brought to you in part by Ann McNeil, the master builder, helping to build stronger and better lives and businesses, and by PepsiCo Frito Lay Companies one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world, and by J. Perry & Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages, contact Jada Williams at area code 786-702-1005 or email blogtalk at navwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com backslash N-A-B-W-I-C.
we're back with Jada. Thanks. Great, great. So um, really quick, I'm going to take advantage of my little um, being the chair privileges. And um, before I ask, dig back into this conversation um, in your life um, of colorfulness, Katrina, I would just like to share with our listeners, our members, our guests, our first time um, guest that has joined us this morning that um, as benefits and resources, there's always resources that we're always giving out and speaking on um, throughout the show um, this every Wednesday morning. So we just want to remind you, give you a friendly reminder, update that August is our next billion-dollar luncheon. We meet every um, second Wednesday of the month. Um, for our billion-dollar luncheon, bringing you those opportunities, getting you in the room. It's your job to speak up and speak out. Um, in September, we also have our NAVWIC annual mid-year CBC meeting. Um, we coincide with um, the National CBC organization. And, again, like you've heard Katrina mention, um, Katrina mention, we usually show up in our red shirts and turn up and turn out, but this year um, we all know everything is virtually. And then, as always, and of course, a few of our areas and chapters are having their hard hats and hills events or lunch and learns. So we always encourage you to um, get get a NAPWIC newsletter or head over to the website again and also social media platforms to keep up with um, what we have going on. But yes, Ms. Katrina, I wanted to ask you um, about what type of projects have you been able to work on to include um, minority diversity? Because like you said before we went to commercial break, you were given great examples of how you were able to do a lot of conflict resolution or just be you and be that light of example on how to build and maintain relationships um, on the job and um, uh, on in the field, in the office. It seems like you have really been able to do a great job with that. Um, I think it has to do with who you associate with. I think that sometimes we don't even take that into consideration. Like, for instance, I do a podcast with a, group, a lady called Alexander Burns. She does Think Like a Boss, a program. She has books and programs for kids, and she um, she's actually in the process of building one of the first black-owned uh, supermarkets, you know? So I think it has to do with, like they say, birds of a feather. You need to be by people who make your feathers fly, you know? So you have to not be intentional, but literally, I think you do have to be intentional by the people who are your friends and your associates. You know, I'm on the podcast with them, but... There are three other women who are very much in the activities and the environment trying to help uh, children, you know, trying to help women, trying to help women business owners. And sometimes, like you said, I think it just has to do with your day-to-day actions. You have to make an effort to be around people who mentally and spiritually stimulate you to be better. And that's, that's really what it is, I think, just your associations and who you've been with. Um, like I said, currently I do the Think Like a Boss podcast on Spotify and Spotify and iTunes and all those platforms. But one of their most recent programs is Shoot Like a Boss, where it's teaching black women how to shoot, you know. And especially with what's going on, you need to learn how to protect yourself. So I feel like 
those programs, just the small programs, or not even small programs, just your day-to-day activities make up a bigger sense of who you are. And I think those are, most recently, that's one of the most proudest projects, working with the podcast about women, with women who are, like, trying to elevate others, you know? I don't know if I answered yes, your question correctly. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. There's no no wrong answer. You know, we're all family and friends here. But, yes, you did. You said um, that, you know, you've, you're working on different projects or podcasts with other women um, bringing your messages and projects and work um, to the forefront. So that's a great example of, yeah. of working together on in, in including um, minority diversity on your projects. Um, and that also leads more into sounds like your leadership style as well. So why do you think your team or your people or other women in construction um, want to work with you? Uh, I think because maybe because I've worked all levels of this, from like pouring concrete to creating form work to working 100-degree days to working as a quality control at a piece uh, – a precast company, so I'm out here, you know, negative 10-degree weather working around versus working at project management in the office. I feel like, thankfully, I've been able to work many different aspects of construction, so it humbles me. Because, you know, sometimes when you work in construction, you go on site and you see someone with the clean khakis, but they don't even understand the person's plight who's working 100 degrees, leveling concrete, you know? So it's like, I think in a sense it's allowed me to just be open and respective to everybody's trade. I'm humble myself because sometimes people take a title and they feel themselves too much, and that's never never a good thing because <laughs> the title could be taken away from you in two seconds. So I feel construction or just people in construction, we need to just be more respective and just open to people's plight. So my leadership, um, leadership style would be more so just be open and listening because I can always learn something, and someone can always learn something off, off me, and I know I'm not 100%. So I just always got to be open to learning, even when it does, even yes. if I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so. Yes, indeed. So that open-door policy, keeping that line of communication open is, is great. Um, so through that and, and everything that you have going on, I know that we all like to tie things, our businesses and extracurricular activities and projects back into um, our main focus. So with your construction beyond the looking glass, during this time, what are your key areas um, that you would say you're focused on right now? Um, most recently, I had to revamp my whole, the whole Black Women Construction webpage, and that was actually more time than I thought it would take. I'm still working on it because I wanted to be more inclusive of other people's perspectives so I could take on more writers, more, you know what I mean, just different platforms, kind of like NWA, how you just want to reach people as much as possible. So I'm trying to find new ways to work on that. And also I just was working on just being more, more open to newer ideas because people reach out to me sometimes for programs, but I just sometimes feel like they just want to, I just say use the name just for the sake of it. All right, I'm going to give you a prime example. I've learned that I don't need to listen to everybody or pay attention to everybody's business. Because there was this lady who wants to sell BLM, Black Lives Matter face masks on my page. No offense to her, nothing. She was not black. She was not, you know what I mean? <laughs> she was not understanding the plight of it. But she just wanted to tell, like, 
just wanted to use my platform just to sell her stuff. And I really learned that you need to learn to pick and choose who you're going to associate with and just who's going to try to help better your business because not every deal is the best deal. So I learned to just ignore that, but I've been open and more receptive to trying to promote more black-owned businesses or trying to get more people connected to each other. So that's really been my goal, just trying to get legit business people in the forefront or legit people with messages on the forefront. That's really been my main goal. Of course, of course, and you make me laugh because I think that's, um, you know, in the slang term called capping, so people are trying to, you know, use yeah. that little platform advantage. Capping so hard. It's crazy. Capping over when here. I, yes. It was crazy. When she asked me to post the Black Lives Matter stuff she's telling, I was like, wait, why? You're not even, like, you don't even understand why these people are protesting. When you got to realize people right. are trying to capitalize off you right now, so you, you can't even do that. And that is not just about the, right, and it's not just about the show that this is actually a company, a brand. You have the purpose, a mission, and content that you have worked hard on and developed. So, yes, always. Um, I don't want to get to yapping and taking over because, you know, I am a talker, and I know (laughs) that um, we have a lot of people in the studio this morning. So, Katrina, we are rocking um, on Blog Talk Radio Live and also on um, getting a lot of feedback on Facebook comments and text messages as well. So just to give you some studio you can, um I know it's kind of different. You can't feel the energy um, being that we're all doing this verbally over the air. But um, in the studio, it's rocking. So I'm going to go back to Ursula just to do a little time check on the studio and to see if we have our master builder, the founder, if she's been able to, Ann McNeil has been able to step into the studio and if she's going to join us in the conversation today. Ursula, you have an update for me? Oh, you're so brilliant and so right. She is waiting to join the conversation. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Ann McNeil, the master builder, helping to build stronger and better lives and businesses. Thank you both, ladies. I want to thank Katrina for joining us. Katrina, I wanted to ask if you would please share a conversation you and I had when I was inviting you to Let's look at having a strategic partnership between our two organizations. You were sharing with me a story about a lady you used to work with and how the concept and this idea came about when you were being referred to her. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if you would share that story, because I think it's very important for all of us to really understand why this international universal world of ours is so big, not one of us controls anything really, right? And so would you share that story with our listeners? Oh, sure. Um, I was telling Ann the other day how I started Black Women Construction Page because I had a situation with a mean girl. Like you were saying earlier, sometimes it's it hurts sometimes when it's your own. I'm from New Jersey, and in Jersey there's this one particular lady. She's like the MVP of construction, I heard. You know what I mean? So when people talk about construction in Jersey and black women, they say her name. And I was like, oh, I'm so gassed. I want to meet her. She wants to, I want her to be my mentor. I'm so excited to meet someone who does this like me. I'm emailing her messenger to try to, you know, just to speak to her and to be my mentor. And she's me. She's, like, ignoring. I'm like, what, what did I do wrong? And then I finally got to speak to her, and she was like, 
yeah, I got your messages. I got everything, but I'm good. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, there's not, she was giving off the energy, like, there's not room for me to even try to teach you. I don't want you to try to take my shine. That's good. I was like, oh, like, I literally stopped in my tracks because after weeks and, like, I swear to you, it was at least 10 people who told me, you should definitely go meet her. You guys would be great together. You're doing so much in construction. She would be a great role model for you. And then when I finally meet her, she was, like, rude. She told me, hell no, like, get out of her face. She ain't even here for trying to help somebody else. And I was just like, oh. And that just showed me, like, with the page, I never wanted someone to feel like I felt. Like, there should be no reason that me as a black woman goes to another black woman in construction and talks to her, and she's just mean like that. There should be no there should be no space or energy for that at all. Like, first off, there's not many, many of us in the industry. And if people are referring to me, that means they know that you control it in a sense of, and she was just not trying to let me find. That's how I actually created the page. Because I was just like, I never want to feel someone as a mean girl. Like you were saying, and not one person controls the energy industry. We need to just really understand that. Like, when you go to bread store, there's a thousand, I mean, if you go to store, there's a thousand types of bread in the bread aisle, and everybody's eating. There's no need for you to try to, like, cut someone's shine or try to be intentionally malicious. And she definitely was that. <laughs> and that's why I was like, you know what, I never want to make someone feel like that. I hope no one ever feels like that ever. And that's really how the page started. Yeah, thank you for that question. And I think that that's important because we have a lot of women organizations, a lot of women construction organizations also, Global Women in Construction, NAWIC. And for uh, for many of us, we're members of multiple because it doesn't matter how many, we are still women. We just happen to be black women. They're Hispanic women and white women. But in this industry that's controlled and dominated by men that don't look like us, if you put all mm-hmm. of us together, we can become so powerful. And that's what the vision is of this organization because we desire to create strategic, long-lasting partnerships with organizations, individuals, and groups like yours and others so that we can create a pipeline in this industry so that people like yourself and the rest of us, we don't have to deal with people like that, even though they may look like us. So I just Uh want to have you share that, and thank you so very much for joining us today. Jada, Jackie, Kimley, Ursula, a phenomenal job. I'll go back on mute, but I just want to thank you uh, and we're looking forward to continuing to have a strategic relationship with you, Katrina. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. This question is real basic. So I am a reflective person. That's the business that I'm in. <laughs> so as you mm-hmm. all were having that conversation, it reminded me of um, a time when I was a, a manager in a Fortune 500 company, and I had seven supervisors reporting directly to me. And they each knew what their strengths were. And and what I'm thinking is that one person would say, well, you need to let Kim go to her and ask her for this because she likes her in this space. Or you need to have um, Marilyn go to this department because they like her, they like to relate to her. Or this person they think is really, really strong and they will listen to her. So each organization has their space to be in and their skills that can be complimentary. Like, um, I don't, I'm not sure how this would play out, but 
let's say there was a huge construction job in the airline industry. Well, we know that Ann McNeil and her company and her organization knows how to work, work that. If, if we're hearing about um, new forms of concrete, then we know that this is a space that, that you're in. So knowing where the organization's strengths are, I think, would really benefit both organizations, if, especially if the two of you, the, as leaders of the two organizations, are, uh, are committees in the organization, talk about where the strengths are, it might be an opportunity to get really, really, really big um, because we know when we can call each other, if that makes sense. And if it doesn't, would you make it make sense for me? <laughs> what are your no, thoughts you, about you that, Katrina? You make 100% sense because teamwork makes a dream work. And especially, like you said, in an industry where there's women construction who look like us is very few, we should really work together to try to build each other. That's what I say in the everyday life you need to, you know, Black Lives Matter is not just something you post on the Internet. It should be in your everyday life and how you interact with people in the same color. Are you really trying to build? And I think this would be great. I don't know if we partner together. Wonderful. So, Jada, do you have any additional questions that you would like to ask her? Um, you know, we could talk all day. Um, of course I do. Um, <laughs> yes, because you already mentioned the, the, the shooting like a boss. You know, we already talked and shared that um, I believe in gun safety and gun awareness. Um, and just that safety awareness, you know, um, you spoke on owning your truth, especially right now, um, black women or women or people, anybody working in construction, uh, because we also have males and young adults um, and interns, college students um, that are members and listening to our show as well, um, that it's all about figuring out who you are right now during COVID. And you have said that um, 10 different ways um, throughout this interview and took it back to, you know, during COVID, this is the best time that you can figure out uh, what you have going on and streamlining everything. You've mentioned that you've reworked some stuff, um, your leadership style and, and things of that nature. Um, and of course, um, with us, um, the spirit of the leader is the spirit of the group. Birds of a feather flock together. So w I love your sayings and everything because we, we share a lot of the same synergies. So it's just been a pleasure having you on the air um, this morning. Um, but I would and also like. Before we wrap it up, there is a question. Um, Kimberly Naylor. Um, has a question for her, and I'm going to open her line and allow her to ask that question. Okay. Um, after that, I did have one question I was going to ask, though. I know I said a lot, but I did have one more comment. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to let Kimberly come in and ask her a question, then we'll come back to you. Well, good morning. Good morning, Katrina. Uh, good morning. My name is Kim. I am the national president of this organization, and more of comments instead of a question, I was very, very intrigued by your real commitment to the sisterhood and really making a place for black women in this industry, which is our mission and our vision. So we were super excited when I knew you'll be joining in this morning because in light of the climate that we're going through with, you know, the Black Lives Matter, bringing more visibility to not just 
on the streets in the protesting, but corporations need to step up and say, how are we really processing minorities in our workspace? And I just wanted to say it was amazing that you had similar experiences where, you know, blacks are afraid to connect one with each other in the same environment, experience you shared, where the young lady's not even willing to mentor. Um, and I'm just really hoping that uh, this is the beginning of a long-term journey that both of us can make that voice more prevalent, that um, as black women in this, there's room for all of us at the table. And I just want to commend you for your work and your efforts to make sure that voice is communicated. And I am certain, like I said, that uh, we'll continue to collaborate um, and let women know, specifically black women, that there is room at the table for all of us in this space. And thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule uh, to be our special guest. Uh, today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you tuning in too and listening. And you brought up a good point that with everything going back, when people go back to work, um, it's going to be a different energy. And I think I think a lot of us don't even realize that because some people are going to be for BLL and so a lot of people aren't. Because let's be for real, we work in construction. You you know, we all know we've seen some crazy stuff at work, probably. You know, and I feel like. You brought up a great point that we mentally need to prepare for what's going to happen. And I don't, I think we're, not to say we're living in a bubble, but we need to, like, be honest with ourselves. Like, in the next few months, in the next year, maybe, things are going to be really 2020 vision. It's going to be very clear at work how they feel and how the energy is. And you, you said something great. We need, to, we need to be mindful of our energy because we don't know what's going to happen. That, and, like, we need to unite because, honestly, let's be for real. Some people, we've all probably faced some racist stuff at work. Let's let's put it like it for what it is. You know what I mean? Black women in construction, we've definitely heard some racist shit at work. So I feel like right now we need to really turn 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 into our like <laughs> not to say in our, our our we need to turn into our our back to our mental state of strength because things are going to get real and we just need to focus mentally. Thank you. Now both of you have said something that has. Um, caused me to sit up straight. When um, you return, when we return to the new normal or move to the new normal, um, what you have just encouraged me to do, create the new normal, um, is to first be quiet and observe who's standing next to you. Because one of the things that this whole thing has done is blown up the image of who you thought you were working with. Because some people that you thought were... (laughs) You thought that they were your diehard, non-racist friend, and then all of a sudden you see that they have a double life. And on Facebook they said some things that they would never say to you. And um, so now all of this is uncovered, but or begun, has begun to be uncovered. But when we go to the new normal that we create, we do need to be vigilant as to who we're working with. And like you say, you need to be quiet and listen and watch because there's some people at work like you're different. You're not like the other ones. I'm like, what? I've heard that before. So I know y'all oh, yeah. heard that before. And you're like, oh, you're not like them, so, you know, you're not bad like them. I'm like, what? Like them? That's me. That's my cousin. That's my aunt. That's all of us. We look alike. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. Don't try to put me in a little box different. 
And as women in construction, we're definitely going to hear that coming up. And they'll be like, oh, I don't mean that. You're different. Like, you need to pay attention and take a step away from that person. So that's different. Okay. When you have sunglasses and a hat, you still going to look like the rest of them. So don't, please, don't be stupid, you know? And, 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 you know, sometimes that come out with some... Okay. Um, I was just going to say... Kimberly? Okay. Is that... Yeah. Okay. May I ask another question? All right. So I'm going to come to you in a second. I want to just respond to what she just said, and then I'll come to you. But what when you were saying about um, I, I like you or, or you not like them, um, what came to mind to me... <laughs> because I do this sometimes, is that so what, basically what they're saying is I like the chihuahua, but I don't like the bulldog. Um, we all feel the same. Oh, that doesn't depress me. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, okay, that's like an insult on the low. Okay. Uh-huh, it all is. Right. It really is. Um, okay, Kimberly, sorry about that. You come back into the conversation. No, that was a that was a perfect analogy. I'm definitely going to borrow that one because in the workplace <laughs> we get that a lot. But um, I just wanted to ask the question because we know we have, you know, the black and the white. And what are your thoughts about, um, I heard the story you told, how do you see black women really um, feeling comfortable to be unified in this new space we're creating uh, without feeling like we are coming as the angry black woman or the threatening black woman because we're unifying on our end. So we have to tighten up our end with our focus pro us. How do you feel that might impact our work environment in this new space we're creating? I think I think we just need to be honest and call people on it on their shit because how many emails did you get with Black Lives Matter from Gap, Costco, Walmart, all these places are sending us emails, but it's all action, you know? And sometimes, not to say we, we're, we're fearful, because, you know, jobs and money matter, especially in the climate we're in where we don't have a certain, a certain future. But I feel like we just need to just be honest sometimes, or even honest with ourselves, because if not, we're going to be at a job we hate. And you, you know that hate starts to build. You, like, hate the way they breathe. You don't want that. So... You just need to just start being honest with yourself. And even so, I think, like, that's the crazy part. Saying that, it kind of hurts me to say that because I'm like, is it true? Because will the HR really listen, you know? Because I've been to HR and I've told them, like, you know, they said some racist stuff at work. I don't like it. They're like, well, just take a day or two off of site. I'm like, what? That doesn't solve it. So I, it's, I don't know, honestly. I think we really have to just be selective with where we keep our space and energy. And you got to realize not every job is for you, and not everybody's for you. Thank yeah. you. How do you, guys, I'm gonna, how do you guys plan to combat it? Okay, thank you both. And Jada, I understand that you have something you wanted to add to the conversation? Yes, yes, please. Well, it's getting so hot and juicy up here. I did have my question that I was jumping off my feet to ask, but um, – Kimberly and Katrina, and you guys have pretty much um, covered that. So I'm going to move over because, like I said, the emails and the chat and text messages are coming in from another um, listener, and this is actually a member. 
of NABWIC and one of my special members, this lady, she just needs her own show uh, episode as well because she's a very resourceful person. Um, but the comments are, loving the conversation and guest insights this morning. My question is, is there any books or specific training the speaker acquired that she feels helped or excel in the construction field, especially related to project management or estimating? This question is coming from our superstar member out of Jacksonville, Florida, Kalina Shirley, who is the regional director at BBIL. Um, there isn't. A particular book that I really read. I just I like always reading like three different books. Honestly, um, right now I'm reading. I think the Russell Simmons, rich, super rich. Like I like to read mental books to try to help me. Because let's be for real with project management and construction, it's really a mental game, and these people really be trying you sometimes. <laughs> and I really think you need to learn read books that actually fix your mental state. It's true, though, especially if you're a woman in power, the higher you go up in the rank, the more attitude you don't catch. And I feel like you just need to mentally prepare yourself because they're going to try you. Like, let's be for real. At work, they are going to try you. And especially with everything going on, if the person is racist, they definitely going to try you. And they're going to try to put you in that box as an angry black girl. Or they're going to try to deface or dename your credibility and be like, see, they're always so angry. Like, people need to get in a reflective state. Like, mentally, you need to prepare for this. I don't know about how you guys feel. Maybe you could chime in. But I feel like things are going to get real, and we need to get realer. So whatever <laughs> books, prayers, whatever you need to focus, I think you need to say that before you even go to work. Like, before I would even go to work, I'd be like, God, please help me deal with these people because they'd be trying me. <laughs> but you know yeah, I can't smash. Yeah. <laughs> I need that check. So please, God, help me. And I think it's just a mental and and going back to like you stated um several times before, knowing your purpose, owning your purpose, figuring out that purpose, mastering that. Um, yeah. So again, thank you for sharing. I will continue to encourage our listeners, just like Miss Kalina did. Reach out to us, engage. We always want you to dial um, press number one on your phone, send us text messages, emails, or comments on our social media platforms, and we will do our best to make sure your question or comment is expressed over the air. Um, I won't get long-winded as always, and Ms. Ursula, I'll turn the mic back over to you. Thank you, Jada. Um, as usual, um, one of the things that I thought about when you were um, speaking about code words and things like that is that maybe this is a time for multi-generational conversations because we have heard more often than not how, especially in our current government, that there are dog whistles, there are code words, there are things that are being said that some of us may not know what they mean. And yeah. and and you may spend a generation trying to figure that out. So uh, a intergenerational, a cross-generational conversation probably needs to take place so you understand what what they what this meant 50, 50 years ago is what it still means today, but the younger people don't even know that that's what's being said to them. Um, yeah. And when they get it, it's, it's like you need these in it. It's too late. Yeah, it's too it's late. It's too late. And, and like vice versa, there's some. 
you brought up a great right. point. It's a generational thing. The older person at work needs to tell a younger person at work, like, chill out, HR is watching you. You know? It's so, silly yes. stuff we don't even realize that's happening. Sometimes we need someone to just open their mouth. Like, we shouldn't be quiet to try to help each other out. You brought up a great point. And and to that point, you, I remember a day someone came to me crying, and she was a fellow fellow black employee. She was crying her eyes out because someone had just handed her a piece of paper that documented her every move on Monday at 5 o'clock. No, well, yeah, at Monday at 4.45 yeah. she left. And on Tuesday at, at 3.15 she went to a break and took 20 minutes. You know, they when they wanted to get rid of her, they documented they her for case. two or three weeks, uh, and she case. had no clue that she was guilty. being documented. Yeah. Yep. And so, yep. so they need people need to know that these things can happen, whatever that is, and and you translate that into whatever is appropriate for the the industry in which we're in. Um, and Jada decided that she wanted to come back in. <laughs> All right, Jada, what's your question? <laughs> Jada, your line is over. Because this is a rock and rolling show this morning, I just can't stay quiet. I'm off my seat again. Because I, too, started in logistics field before I did my transition to being an entrepreneur and looking into construction. When I first um, moved back to Miami and got my first career position out of uh, college, I came in and I was the second black female working at this big company in logistics. And she quickly, you know, she actually went to an HBCU herself and now doing great things in Chicago. Um, she graduated, I think, from uh, Bethune. But um, as soon as I got there, she pulled me in, she gave me hugs, and still to this day we are friends. That was about 15 years ago. But she let me know, hey, Start your journal because everybody's watching. And when you made that comment, Ms. Ursula, about the lady didn't know that they was keeping a journal on her, those things really do happen in corporate America across all industries. Mm-hmm. And I actually had the same first experience except for I had that person, that sisterhood fellowship to be able to bring me in and let me know the tone because I was that girl that got hired or that young lady that got hired with the platinum blonde short hair and, you know, that feistiness and she quickly, you know, like, I just started myself, but I'm going to give you this tip on the energy here. It's greatly appreciated and needed. And a lot of jobs hate when you, like you said, with the blonde hair, just even you being yourself. They want you to just uphold their image of, you know, prim, proper, and the other coworkers aren't held in the microscope like we are. But what we do is like, like they put the microscope hard. And especially with everything going on, they're going to try you. And they're going to put the microscope. They're going to watch you. Every time you go on a smoke break, they're going to count it, the timer on you. So just be mindful, y'all. That's a good part to put up. Be mindful of your surroundings. Because not be everybody mindful. your friend, I would Right. You're at work doing a job, too. So, yes, I would definitely encourage anyone, if you're on a job, to keep a journal. Just keep little notes because um, when you come up for your reviews or evaluations or evaluations to get that raise, you know, they always have paperwork and documentations on you. You need to have the same type on the company and your superiors holding them accountable as well. 
So, yes, uh-huh. I am done and back over to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, we talking today, <laughs> it's about to get real. When we, when we go back to yeah, work, I feel like so, the energy is going to be so different. It's, we don't have to prepare for it. Yeah, and you have helped us do so today by encouraging us to think and interact. Um, So thank you so very much. But the clock says it's time for us to allow you Um, to let people know how to to reach you and to um, plan for the next week. (laughs) um, So how do people get in touch with you? If they want to get in touch, Instagram is the best way, Black Women in Construction, one word. If they want to read me personally, tag after your tongue, but they'll see it on the page. But um, more so Black Women Construction is really the best way to reach me if you could message and all that. And I think people just need to take accountability. If you can't even follow my page or NWA page, just just help those other black person you see today. Like, you know, just don't think Black Lives Matter is just on the Instagram or anything. Just make it your day-to-day and just use this as an example. I was just... All right. With that, thank you. And you have been listening to NABWIC Talks and with your co-hosts, Ursula Odom and Jada Williams, with our special guest today, Katrina Alexandri. So we are so thrilled that you decided to join us and do so again next week. Take care. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.